The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Listen, I did ask the question to my students, hey, I'm thinking about preaching on this subject. And one of them said, the college students may not like it, but I think we need it. I like to be liked. I don't like preaching things that people don't like. But we are commanded as pastors to preach the whole counsel of God. So my prayer is today that maybe there would be somebody here that it might just prick their conscience and go, you know, I need that. When I was a student here in our collegian, we had guys that would just say, what the, and stop. That's all they would say. But you could fill in the blank there, couldn't you? And it wasn't right, it wasn't proper. And our chaplain of our collegian had a five-minute devotional on language, and it stuck with me. So this morning, I want to speak on the subject of language, the proper use of it in our lives. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, the Bible says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance. In other words, Speaking, to speak the mystery of Christ. Why are we gifted with language? To speak of Jesus Christ, for which the apostle says, I am also in bonds. Because I have spoken of Jesus Christ, I'm in jail, I'm in prison. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. These are things that I ought to be speaking about. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. He says that those that are outside of the body of Christ may know what I am, and I need to redeem the time. I need to buy it back. Time must be precious to the Christian. We all know of people that went, what we would say, too early. That are now in heaven. We all believe we have a tomorrow. But we are told, don't boast of tomorrow because you don't know what today holds. All I have is right now to serve Jesus Christ. Yesterday has already been spent. I never have a tomorrow. As the song goes, it's always a day away. All I have is right now. How am I investing my time now? And then he says this, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how to answer every single person, every man. Let's pray, and we'll get into this this morning. Father, I thank you for each and every one of these college students, and I pray, Lord, that we would use our tongues 
as instruments of righteousness to proclaim Jesus Christ to a nation and a world that is in desperate need of it. Pray that we would use our tongues to be an encouragement to one another. So Lord, as we open your word, I pray that you'd speak through it to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one this morning, the power of pure speech. The power of pure speech. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how to, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. The power of pure speech. The significance in language for the sake of holiness. We now live in a country that has really become base, if you will, vulgar in their speaking. I, I told you of the young man yesterday that as I was getting on the tram to go to my gate at the airport, burst through and uses foul language. Children there and people simply do not care anymore what language they use or who's around. It used to be that that kind of language was reserved for back room or locker room talk as we would, we would call it. Now it is thrown in our faces everywhere. Television, movies, radio, it is everywhere. And now we've, we've, we've let it, maybe not to the point of being vulgar, but we like to push that line and we've allowed it to come into our Christian institutions, our churches even. God says, I gave you the gift of your tongue to use as an instrument for holiness. Our speech ought to reflect the character of God himself. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober or be serious, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, your lifestyle. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Where is that written? You go all the way back to the book of Leviticus. Five different times we are told in the book of Leviticus that God tells his people, I want you to be holy for I, the Lord your God, am a holy God. Out of his holiness springs all of his attributes. Whether you look at his justice, his mercy, his grace, his kindness, all of those attributes spring out of his holiness. He is the thrice holy God. The one attributes that the angels proclaim is holy, holy, holy is our God. And oh, that's good. Because he is holy, he is righteous and he is good. And he said, my expectation for you in every area of our lives is to be holy. That includes our speech. We should be using it to build each other up. First and foremost, I am so appreciative of the friends that I made in college, friends that I had the privilege of praying together. There was one, his name is Todd, 
still one of my dearest friends, still one of my prayer partners. We prayed together every night, excluding the weekends, but all through the week, we prayed together. And he was a constant source of encouragement to me in my walk. He found out that I was gonna be here and we prayed together about that. I said, hey, would you pray as I seek the messages that God would have me bring to college students that they would be useful, that they would be helpful. He said, what time are you speaking? And I gave him my schedule. Right now, that man is praying for you. I appreciate that so much, using his tongue to be an encouragement. We're called together to fellowship. How is it that we can, out of the same mouth, proceed blessing and cursings? Cannot happen at the same time, can it? That I'm blessing somebody while I'm cursing them? It is not possible. We're to use this gift of language to build each other up, to fellowship. I hope that you have somebody in your life that does that for you. I have been married for several decades now. I I know this is going to surprise most of you, but I am now a grandfather of a one-year-old granddaughter. And you're like, Pastor Rob, you look so young. I know. Why did some people laugh right there? (laughs) I am young. I told my son, you can go ahead and get married. Just don't make me a grandfather. He said, I won't. He lied. I'm so grateful for the family that I have, the wife that encourages me. I don't know if you're dating right now or not, but I am telling you this. If you're dating somebody who is base in their language, look for somebody else. Look for somebody that is gonna build you up and encourage you. Because I'm telling you, if they're doing it now, they're not gonna stop doing it then. Be careful about how you use this gift that God has so blessed you with. What are the consequences of sinful speech? It damages relationships and it hinders spiritual growth. We are to avoid sinful speech. If you go back, let your speech be always with grace. All the time. Your speech is to be speech that is coupled with grace. Holiness, encouragement. Why is it? And and I did this. I went and looked at the origin of some of the words that we will use in Christian circles today. I'm not going to say those words, of course, but we wouldn't necessarily call them curse words. But they're as close as you can get without crossing the line, right? Well, I didn't curse, I didn't swear. It might not be the best, but it's not the worst. Why is it that we want to get as close to the line of sin that we can without going over? I'm still here. I'm just close, but I didn't go over the line. 
Is that really how we want to please God? I'm reminded of this. There was an illustration about a king that was looking for a carriage driver. There were three men that were extremely qualified to do this job, and he brought the three of them in. And he said, how close could you get to the side of a cliff without going over? How talented are you to get close to that cliff without going over? The first man answered, your highness, I think I could get within a foot without going over. The second man proudly said, I think I could get six inches without going over. The third man wisely said, your highness, you are so precious and important that I would stay as far away from that line as I possibly could. Yet, for some reason, with our speech, we think, let me get as close to that line as I can. I won't go over. Don't worry. I'm not going to go over. I know it might be base. I, I know it might be a little vulgar, but it's really not that bad. As I was looking up the origin of these words, and words do matter, don't they? They do matter. What I say and how I say it matters. As I was looking up the origin of some of these words, this is what I found. I also found a defense of why we can use them. One of the defenses was written by a pastor who uses one of those words, and he was called on the carpet for using it. And he said, listen, this word no longer means what it used to mean, so it's not as offensive. Do you get that? It's not as offensive as it used to be. I know it's still offensive, but it's just not as offensive. I'm like, have we really become that lazy in our theology that, hey, it's okay as long as it's not as offensive as it used to be? That we can say whatever we want as long as I don't get in trouble for it? Let your speech be always with grace. The consequences of sinful speech. Have you ever said something and you just went right away? Why did I just say that? Several years ago, when my wife and I were on deputation, our son was very young. And we would go to these incredible missions conferences and they would treat us and they would say this. They would say, these people are the heroes of the faith. I had just been a youth pastor, okay? I had just gotten out of the youth pastorate. Now I'm being called a hero of the faith. I'm like, I was just a paid idiot months ago and now you're calling me a hero of the faith. I am no hero. I'm just a person that is doing what God has asked them to do. One of my mentors is a man named Dr. Don Sisk. He was the director of BIMI, the mission board that we were through. He and I would play golf together. We would go golfing and I enjoyed my time with him. I got to travel with him for a while and uh, be a help in, in his ministry. I love him dearly. And he has given me great advice over the year. And I want to tell you what happened. After these missions conferences, my wife and I would often get in arguments. 
Now, I will tell you that it was all her fault. I'm kidding, okay? It, none of it was her fault. I was always in a hurry. I knew where we needed to get to next. And I would say, babe, would you please hurry up? She'd be talking to people, ministering, using her language skills as God intended. And I'm going, hey, let's go, wrap it up. Why do you have to do that to me? Because we have to get to. So Dr. Sisk and I are going to play golf. I stopped by his office at our headquarters and I said, hey, how you doing? He said, good, what are you doing? I said, I'm not doing anything. He said, let's go play golf. I'm like, yeah, let's go play golf. So we get in his car and we drive down to the golf course. And as we're driving, I said, hey, doc, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, after these missions conferences, and I said, they're great conferences. And I said, they really build us up. And I said, almost after every single one, my wife and I get in an argument. Do you have any advice? He said, yes, brother, I do. I'm like, yeah. And he looked at me and said, don't be a jerk. Hmm. That is not what I was expecting. And I kind of looked at him and he said, what are you saying to your wife after these conferences? And I went, oh. He said, that's what I thought. He said, you're saying things to your wife to get her to hurry up, aren't you? Yes, sir. He said, then stop it. Aren't people more important than where you need to get to? Yes. Then let her talk. Yes, sir. I learned a valuable lesson that day. That my speech needs to be used to build up my wife, not tear her down. Others as well. The people in my church that I'm trying to minister to, are they more important than my agenda? The things that I say to them, are they more important? Are those people that are gonna spend eternity someplace more important to me than what I want? Do I see them as God sees them and do I speak to them the way God would have me speak to them? Or am I damaging relationships and hindering spiritual growth in the lives of other people? So the, the question begs then, how do we avoid sinful speech? Well, first of all, we have to guard our minds and our hearts. Again, the Apostle Paul, speaking to the Church of Philippi, says only let your conversation, your lifestyle, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Whether I eat or I drink or whatsoever I do, I do all to the glory of God. That includes the words that I use. How I speak to people matters. And what I say to them matters. I told you yesterday, I play basketball some four to five times a week. 
I play at the North Glen Rec Center. I live just two exits north of Denver, Colorado, and we have a brand new rec center. And one of my deacons and I play basketball uh, three days a week at the rec center. I get teased by the guys there now because if I miss a shot, I'll go, oh, garbage. If I miss a shot now, there'll be three or four guys that go, hey, Rob, yeah, garbage. You know what struck me? Is that they're listening. They know. If I foul somebody, oh, hey, I didn't mean to hit you that hard. I'm sorry. And guys will come up to me now and go, hey, Rob, sorry, sorry. Hey, Rob, I'm sorry. I go, they're listening. They're watching because they know I'm the pastor of a church less than a mile down the road. I'm grateful for a deacon who is soft-spoken, who is consistently and constantly inviting those men to our church. We now have a basketball outreach on Thursday nights at our church, and he leads that outreach for us, and many of those men come to our church and play basketball. We ask them specifically, hey, if you wouldn't mind, remember where you're at, and please don't use curse words. And every once in a while, of course, one of them is going to shout out a curse word, and they'll look, oh, Rob, sorry. Hey, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I don't expect the world to act like us, nor should we be acting like them, right? Our speech should be one that is used to show the holiness of our Lord and Savior. We need to guard our hearts and minds against wicked speech. How do I do that? I fill my mind with God's word. With my whole heart, David said, I have sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against you. We do know there is a commandment about how we are to use our speech. We have read it. The apostle gave it to us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Let your speech be this way. And if our speech is to be this way, and it's a command, and we don't follow it, it is sin. You can mark the words of the apostle here. If I'm saying things that would not honor and build up the kingdom of Jesus Christ, it is sinful. Seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance. Asking would you please protect my speech today? Would you please use me to be your instrument in somebody's life today that I may be a blessing, a help to those around me, that I may have the opportunity to tell somebody today of Jesus Christ? We need to practice spirit-controlled speech. Thinking before we speak. The, the way I originally wrote this was practice self-control. I don't want to be controlled by myself. I don't want self controlling me because I know what I am. I need to be spirit controlled in all I do and say. Because if I'm the one controlling it, I'm going to fail. But if the Holy Spirit has my heart, if I've been in the word of God, if I am consistently and constantly praying, it will help protect and guard my speech. 
cultivating holy speech and I'll be done. Cultivating holy speech. Speaking words with truth and love. Speaking words of truth and love. Let love be without dissimulation, without hypocrisy, or that which is sincere. So let my... Let love be without hypocrisy or let it be sincere. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave or become one with that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Does your speech honor God and the people that are around you? Or does it make it more base and vulgar? My mom used to say this to me all the time when I was a child and I hated it. She would say, Robbie, there's only two choices on the shelf, serving God or serving self. Yes, mom. Man, there's a lot of truth in that. There's only two choices in my speech. Am I honoring God or dishonoring him? Am I sharing the gospel? Am I praying for God's help and transformation? Am I surrendering my tongue to God each and every day? If you say, you know, Pastor Rob, I am struggling in this area of my speech. There's things that I say that I know I shouldn't. Then I wanna encourage you to seek forgiveness and ask God to cleanse your tongue. Go to him and ask for power that you may say that which is proper, holy, pure, encouraging, uplifting, that you are an encouragement to God and to those that are around you, that God may be pleased with our speech here on this campus, back in our homes. You may even say, I come from a home where cursing is just accepted. Maybe that's true of you but you don't have to partake in it. You can be an encouragement to your family, to your church, to your college, to your friends, but most importantly, to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let your speech be always, always, always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Is that true of our speech today? You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.